are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com. That's where you can find all of my written work. Today it is crossover Thursday, so I'm going to be joined momentarily by Eric Kane of Locked On Vols. We cannot wait. It was a blast recording this. Um, yeah, just so you know, it was recorded before this part, so it was a blast to record it. We had a ton of fun, and uh, yeah, no, it, it, it was awesome. Just just know it's a fun episode today. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts that you never miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Gators on YouTube. Check out my pin tweet. Let everybody know why Florida has the best fan base. And there's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you eat your podcasts. All right, and it is crossover Thursday now, usually crossover Wednesday, but me and Eric Kane, we're here to talk about Florida and Tennessee. And Eric, we both have a very similar issue on both sides here where um, quarterback is just a, a question mark. I don't, I don't even want to say battle because like, I know in our situation, whether or not the fans like it, both quarterbacks are going to play if they're healthy. I'm healthy in quotes because like we were told Anthony Richardson wasn't healthy enough to play, but dude's doing backflips before the game. So <laughs> I, I'd say he can drop back a little bit there. But uh, why don't you give us a little rundown on the Tennessee quarterback situation here? Yeah, Brandon, uh, it's interesting because, you know, Joe Milton was named the starter and he went out, played against Bowling Green. You know, it, it was what it was, lesser competition. Played the first two quarters against Pittsburgh and continued to miss on the deep ball. He goes out uh, with a with a lower leg injury, and we haven't seen him since. Hendon Hooker comes in. He does fine. Had four total touchdowns last week against an inferior Tennessee Tech team, but had a chance to you know come back and win in that Pittsburgh game. So you got two guys that power five starting experience, two guys that bring a lot to the table. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see which one Tennessee goes with in the swamp. But I, I like you. I think both will play. You know, for for Tennessee, they want it to be Joe Milton, and you know why? He's, I mean, he's like create a player on 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 you know NC Dubs. Like he's six foot six, two hundred forty pounds. He has an absolute rocket of an arm. But he struggles with connecting with with the D ball down the field. There's a there's a lot of points to be, uh, you know, left out on the field for Tennessee so far this year because of the lack of the down the field passing game. But and the hookers again likes to get to the edge. You can really use your legs with him. Um, but it's going to be a test no matter what because you know Tennessee has not played. You know Pittsburgh was a solid defense, not like Pittsburgh in 2020. But Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech really weren't a challenge, and obviously Florida is going to be a challenge for whoever's in there for Tennessee. I gotta say, I am so thrilled that like, like I I openly hate Tennessee, but I am thrilled that you guys just molly walk Bowling Green because <laughs> like I you know like the Toledo rivalry like I I have to hate them and I do hate them just that's ingrained to me so I loved watching that but it was also like the least interesting game I've ever been able to watch like, and no offense to Tennessee but two teams that I absolutely hate that I was like. I can't do it. Just and the bad thing about it is, like, Tennessee was just trying – like, that game and the Tennessee Tech game, Tennessee was going out there just like, all right, we're going to work on doing this, and we're not going to open anything up. We're just going to do these eight things. 
and they didn't stray from it at all. So it was so boring, but you're right. I mean, Tennessee did not even play a great football game and just beat the crap out of Bowling Green, you know, rel- relatively with these. So you're welcome. You're welcome for that one. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. I will let you know I did bet on Tennessee that one because I was like, there's no way Bowling Green can do it. Um, no way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, both teams have that quarterback issue where it's like we've both got players, like you mentioned, like with Milton, like he's like a creative player. And we have like Anthony Richardson's ripping off 80-yard runs over here. And our quarterbacks, nobody can hit a deep ball, apparently, to save their lives. Emery can't make the read to hit the deep ball, and Anthony Richardson can't hit the side of a barn if he tried to. So it's just, it, it's going to be, I think, one of the ugliest passing games that we've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, all right, just run the clock. Just please, two clock end it. <laughs> and, and both teams can do that. Florida, a little bit better than Tennessee. I will say this I mean, Hypel has schemed it up to where, I mean, there's, there's Tennessee wide receivers running open, just wide open. And, and Milton just can't hit him. And, and Hooker, you know, Hooker's Hooker's hit a couple, you know, so far when he's gotten in there. He's still missed on a couple as well. Tennessee's dropped some as well. I mean, when I say that there's been some points left out, out there on the field in all three games, I'm not kidding. Like, you, you'll see Saturday. Hopefully for Tennessee fans, you won't. Hopefully they'll connect on some. But um, it has been – it's been kind of bad to start the season. So, you know, Milton's very accurate in short to intermediate, as is Hinton Hooker. It's just anything 20-plus down the field – it's a struggle. It's a str- how how was Emory in the short to intermediate? You know, within twenty yards passing. Um, accuracy is not his issue. It's 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 kind of seeing where the ball is supposed to get and getting it there on time. Like his biggest issue has been processing this whole time. Accuracy wise, I think he's fine. And I know that a lot of fans talk about Anthony Richardson being the guy and he should be the guy. And it's like, yeah, but we saw at the end of the Florida Atlantic game. We were taking shots in a blowout. We were just throwing bombs with Anthony Richardson, and he couldn't hit the receivers. And then I had fans in the comments like, oh, like if that was Jacob Copeland, he'd be able to connect. And it's like, but part of being a quarterback is even if you have lesser options, being able to get the ball to them. And Anthony Richardson was just completely incapable of doing that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting there. I mean, Florida's Florida's quarterback so talented, obviously a huge part of the run game, top five rushing offense in the country. It's going to be – a real challenge for Tennessee's defense. We're going to talk about matchups here in segment two, but uh, quarterbacks either side, who will be the quarterback for Tennessee? I think both will play. Um, and, you know, do we get to see AR, you know, 15 at all? I, I hope so because I, I think he's a dynamic player. Uh, maybe not an awful lot, but uh, still I think it's going to be a lot of Emory Jones. Question I have for you, man. This is another kind of a, a big storyline for me, and I'm going to piss off a lot of my followers right now <laughs> on Lockdown Vols, but I just – I have to ask someone – you know, with Florida, okay, you know, covering this team and a fan of Florida. Is this a rivalry game whatsoever for you guys anymore? Because it's Florida hate week in Knoxville and all across East Tennessee, and it has been for as long as I've been alive, but the numbers don't lie. 15 to 16, the last have gone to Florida. Tennessee's not one of the swamp since 03. It has been heavily one-sided, landslide towards Florida in the last, you know, 15, 16 years, to say the least. Um, I, I, the fans, I will say very much like we, we hate Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I know that there are fans that are like, oh, this is a rivalry game. Personally, I'm on the side where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't really know. Cause like it, like you said, it's been so one-sided that it's hard for me to be like, this is Tennessee hate week because it, it's just like, no, it's not. It's another <laughs> game on the docket. It's like when we played Kentucky and we won like 30 years in a row. It's like, so who no. cares? 
at least it was a competitive series up until 2017. But since 2017, and I mean, you had the Pruitt offenses in there. Oh my goodness, it is. It, it's been abysmal. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it, it's hard to get. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm into the game and I'm I'm super pumped for it because it's, it's Florida football. But I'm not playing against Tennessee. Isn't what's getting me as amped as it should. Like playing against Bama, I was incessantly just like walking around my house not even on air and i was like oh it's bama week like i can't wait for it georgia and lsu i do the same thing florida state too but tennessee i'm just like yeah like it's tennessee like i hate them but it's not kicking me up to like 11 here yeah Uh, it's weird because tennessee's been in such a funk the last you know 12 years that you know the the history with bama and bama's been out of this world the last 15 years was saving i get that but the history with bama tennessee will go you know, win eight of nine against Bama, Bama will win six of seven. Tennessee will win 10 of 11, you know. Um, and so that's been a streaky rivalry, you know, for a while. Tennessee and Georgia has been very competitive, uh, again, throughout its history. Uh, Tennessee's own Kentucky, so I kind of see where, where where you're getting it from there. But, man, the rivalry from, with Florida has just been – it's been so one-sided. So on this end, again, like I said, it is Florida Hey, week. People hate Florida. People can't stand Florida. Um, there are still some Tennessee fans that just want to go down there and just you know, ruin the season, which would which would be awesome. Um, but I just I, I'm curious because I think it was Michael Piron a couple of years ago at SEC Media Days when asked about Tennessee, saying, you know, "Hey, is this a rivalry game anymore?" And he's like, "No, they suck." Essentially, is what he said. I, th- I can't remember exactly what it was, but wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, and it, it, again, it's one of those things where it's like uh, there are a lot of fans that care about it. It's just personally. I, I don't. I'm like, it, it's Tennessee. It is what it is at this point. Like, and it's, there are games like there are very good games. Like I always, the Felipe Hail Mary is one of my favorite Gator moments I've ever seen. Um, but there are like going into the game. I'm not usually like, I, I'm, I can't wait. That's just not Tennessee. Doesn't get me a uh, uh, jazzed up. I guess I'll say. Um, yeah. And then we'll be right back with, Key matchups in this match up. Oh, that was awkward. But we'll be right back with key matchups right after this. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, bet online money. I don't care how you get your money. Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. My listeners know, and now that Tennessee listeners know, I am absolutely useless when it comes to doing anything with a car. I often reference the John Mulaney joke of, hey, uh, my car broke down. Does anybody know a lot about the Cosby show? It's like, no, I, I just know nothing about the car unless you want me to know that. But whether it's brake pads, taillights, you know, uh, fuzzy Dyson mirror, hydraulics, whatever you want, rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Visit rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, right? Locked on in your how did you hear about us box so they know exactly who sent you. Back on a crossover edition of Locked On Vols and Locked On Gators. I'm Eric Kane alongside Brandon Olson, host of Locked On Gators. And we're breaking down this Tennessee-Florida matchup coming up Saturday, 7 o'clock, uh, down in Gainesville in the Swamp. We talked a little bit of the biggest storylines in segment one, but now let's talk about those matchups you know, something we both hit on, Brandon, is the ability to run with the football. Florida more so than Tennessee. Florida, that is part of Florida's, you know, MO on offense with Dan Mullen. It's it's what Emory Jones is going to try to do is run the football. Done it at a fantastic rate so far this year. So 
from a Tennessee perspective, I'm saying, all right, those edge guys for Tennessee, for Tennessee, Tyler Barron, Byron Young, even the cornerbacks coming up and applying help in the run game, got to set the edge. You got to force everything inside. And I think the same can be said when you flip the script with Hendon Hooker, especially and Joe Milton, who will, you know, have been Tennessee's biggest catalyst in the run game so far this season. You got veterans and and Brendan Cox. You've got uh, Zachary uh, Carter. You've got a lot of veterans over there that helped Florida, you know, lead the SEC in sacks a season ago, but also will be big in the run game. It's the edge presence trying to force everything back inside. I think that's critical in this ball game, and I think it's critical for both sides of the football for Florida and Tennessee because of the uh, the mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, like Florida, that, that's a big part of our offense is our quarterbacks being able to move. Like Emory Jones currently leads the team in carries and yards. And then Anthony Richardson is averaging 25 yards per carry at this point because he's just so explosive every time he gets the ball in his hands. So this is a, a huge issue for, uh, or this is a huge part of this offense where we, we need to be able to run the ball. We need to be able to get moving. And, I mean, I don't know how Tennessee's edges want to contain it. I don't know how Florida's edges are going to contain it. I know that we like to rotate our guys a lot. I know that we're without Ventrell Miller right now, who's a yeah. leader of this of this defense. He's obviously not going to be on the edge there, but he could have maybe been a spy and been able to be disciplined enough and keep this defense disciplined enough. Uh, so that's honestly one thing I'm also actually kind of worried about with this game is not having Ventro Miller. Just will there be more blown uh, assignments, I guess, in the contain game? Yeah. And, and with Tennessee, a lot of it is it's read option. You know, Tennessee's going to run the RPO. That That's, that's, uh, you know, that, that's a catalyst that Josh Heupel's done, you know, everywhere he's gone to, but also, the read option. Hendon Hooker, you know, running it uh, in his time so far has looked pretty good doing it. What Joe Milton will do in short yardage situations, like third and short on the goal line, and he's looking to keep it. I- I'll go and tell you right now. I mean, you know, shocker, the six foot six, two hundred forty, you know, linebacker playing quarterback wants to keep the football, and he's got a little bit of wheels too. He came up short on what would have been about a sixty-five yard touchdown run against Pitt, settled for fifty-four yards, uh, drug down inside the ten, but he can move a little bit, so. Um, I, I think it's going to be more for Tennessee against Georgia, but or excuse me, Tennessee against Florida, uh, but also Florida going up, Florida's defense going up against Tennessee because both will have to uh, to, to kind of you know have their have their eyes on those quarterbacks and try to keep it contained. And I'm talking not just the edge players too, but you know the cornerbacks coming up and setting the edge, forcing it back inside the 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 nickelback, the star players coming up and playing like linebackers, helping out in the run games. The defensive line for both teams, in my opinion, especially Tennessee, because again, Florida, this is such a major part of what you guys do. Is the the defensive line has got to hold gap integrity. Linebackers have got to flow, and the backside backers, as well as the backside safety, are going to be huge in this game. Because again, Emory Jones likes to look for the cutback, and uh, you know, Hinden Hooker will look for that cutback lane as well, where there's yards to be gained. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of points in this game where we're just like, oh, God, please don't get hit to all of our quarterbacks that are going to be just running incessantly. Both both teams are going to have quarterbacks lead the team in carries at this point, especially because, I mean, Florida, we've had an issue where discipline is is kind of a concern at this point uh, yeah. in the sense of, like, dirty plays, but in the sense of just maintaining your assignment and – I mean, like I said, Ventrell Miller's not here and uh, with a team with a quarterback that actually wants to run because that's not something we faced a ton of so far this year, or at least a quarterback that's going to effectively run. Uh, so that's that's a little bit of a concern for me. 
Let me ask you this real quick, and then we'll hit our other key matchup. You know, Florida, for the most part, very veteran-led. You mentioned the loss of Miller, which is a huge loss, but you brought back you know, two other linebackers. You brought back, again, Cox and, 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 uh, and Carter. In the secondary, you lost one of your cornerbacks, to my understanding, in fall camp, but you bring back one cornerback, and then you have three new starters. That defense, again, it's a test for Florida, too, because, you know, obviously last week was a test, Alabama, but – the stats can be skewed a little bit going up against South Florida and going up against uh, you know Florida Atlantic and some of those games. But how has the defense overall responded well after quarter number one against Alabama? How are they kind of coming into its own after an underperforming season last year in 2020? Uh, well, see, Todd Grantham did something that very much irritated me in weeks one and two where he played off coverage religiously and incessantly at this point. And it was equally frustrating that he then had a press conference and he was like press conference uh press coverage is important to us and it's like well <laughs> then you probably shouldn't have Kyrie Lim eight yards off someone against uh South Florida because Florida's so, always up there in your face playing playing tough you know man coverage yeah yeah exactly and, and we just weren't doing that and it was a lot of like cover three but last week we we kind of found our own where Kyrie Lim got targeted a bit by Bryce Young which was um astonishing to me <laughs> like i i would think there's a lot of guys you could target in this secondary and Kyrie Lam is not one of those names that i think about and he held his own he, like obviously he's Kyrie Lam. like he, he did his job a few um for lack of profane usage um a full a few bull uh dpis against the secondary last week but we saw South Florida even attacked one of our corners, Avery Helm. They went at him literally a drive like two or three plays in a row. They were like, we're going to throw it at whoever Avery Helm is covering. He's the corner, too, that's filling in uh, for Jaden Hill, who tore his ACL right before the season. Another one I have here before we get out for segment number three, Tennessee's offensive line, okay, it is injury-plagued right now. It has no depth. And, again, that's something Josh Heupel is just going to have to work on. The cupboard's bare when he took the job, right? Um, you're going to have to get a couple of cycles in here to get the depth back where you want to be. But Cooper Mays, the starting center, went down in the at the end of the first quarter of the Bowling Green game. Since then, you've had to move Jerome Carvin, the left guard, to center, and it's been a rotating door at left guard. The, the belief is that that Cooper Mays will be back for this game. I think he could have went last week, but why play against Tennessee Tech? Cooper Mays will be back potentially. That way you, you solidify that those five starts on the offensive line, but still – the offensive line has struggled to get a push. You have not dominated the run game like you should against some cupcake opponents. And again, as we're talking about that front seven and that defensive line for Florida, veterans, very productive. I think that's going to be a key matchup because, you know, if Tennessee wants to hang in this ball game, make it a ball game in the second half, I think you're going to have to establish the run game because it starts with the run game and Josh Heupel's offense to open things up and uh, through the aerial attack if you want to try to connect on down the field passes. But You've got to be able to protect your quarterback, establish some type of run game, and that offensive line has underperformed so far this year for Tennessee. That's a big matchup for me. It's Tennessee's offensive line going up against um, that veteran group in Florida. Yeah, and like this is one of the things where I've been loving about our defense, at least so far, is how often they've rotated in to keep fresh legs because that's something Florida's tried to do a lot of, but we haven't had as – talented depth players as we do now like right now we have Javon Dexter's one of our D tackles who's like a rotational guy um but he's better than a lot of starting defensive tackles just across the country Zachary Carter moves around uh Jeremiah Moon moves around whether he's playing Bucker inside backer you don't know where he's going to rush from that's something that I really like because 
especially against Tennessee with, like you mentioned, such an inexperienced and uh, thin offensive line. We, I think we're going to kind of throw the book at you guys uh, on Saturday and yeah. I mean, good, best of luck to you. Cause I mean, there, if there's one thing I'm extremely confident in, it's this defensive line. And again, for Tennessee, the tight ends have got to step up and help a little bit. The running backs have got uh, to do a better job and you know, getting Tyon Evans back in the fold a little bit more, not playing Jalen Wright, a true freshman, as much in the, in the backfield. Jabari Small, hopefully we'll see if he can go. Uh, Tennessee's been banged up a little bit. Tennessee has suffered some some depth issues to begin the season, and that's not what you like to see heading into SEC play. But like I said, that'll take a couple of cycles to kind of fix as Josh Heupel takes over, uh, you know, covered his bear-type situational team. But um, that's interesting. That matchup is what I'm looking forward to among many for Tennessee and Florida on Saturday nights. On the other side, segment three, we will dive into our game predictions as well as we'll take a look at some of the numbers, courtesy of our friends at betonline.ag. Brandon Olson locked on Gators. Eric Kane locked on Vols back here in just a moment. But first, guys, if you want to, you need to wear what you want to wear. It's hot. You're going to the game in Gainesville this Saturday. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be humid. You're going to be sweating. This can be your little secret to confidence. And when you're traveling, it's the must for not just yours, but everyone else's toiletry bag. It is sweat block. Doctor recommended. Doctor created. Works up for seven days per use. It's the dry shirt guarantee. And the sweat block doesn't keep you dry. You get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. It's been the bestseller on Amazon the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews, and currently it's number one in Amazon antiperspirant category. It's manufactured right here in the United States. So we all struggle with the pit sweat, the pit stains, the gut sweat, the back sweat. It's a little embarrassing. So if you or someone you love is dealing with these issues I'm talking about right now, why not try Sweatblock? It's helped me. I know it can help you. You can get 20% off at sweatblock.com today by using the promo code locked on. Again, 20% off at sweatblock.com by using the promo code locked on, or you can buy it on Amazon or your local CVS. And we're going to dive into the numbers here in just a moment in segment three. But you guys know about it. It's betonline.ag, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. Okay. It's a new year. It's fall. All eyes are back on the gridiron for both college and professional football. And with the new updated site and interface, there's even more odds, even more props, even more contests at betonline.ag as it continues to be the number one source for everything football. Right now, head on over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football to basketball, boxing, Right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports. Bet online, it's your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators here with Eric Kane from Locked On Vols, which, by the way, I hate even mentioning the name of it. Uh, I know I said it's not a rivalry, but I still hate the school. I don't care. Um, but here we are. We're going to talk. I about, love it. I love it. We're, we're going to talk about predictions. We're going to look at the bet online numbers, which, of course, if you were here last week for the Gators side of it with Gators and Bama, uh, you know, is the spread, the money line, and the over under. And starting with the spread, Florida is unsurprisingly, I'll say, favored to win this game by 20. So Florida minus 20. Eric, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, it opened in, in, in most books at like 22 and a hook, and so it's been bet down to 20. Um, yeah, I think that's about right. I, is Florida three touchdowns better than Tennessee? Is Florida's rushing game three touchdowns better than Tennessee? I'm going to say... I'm going to say probably not right now, but I mean, is, is Florida going to win this football game? In my opinion, yes. I would just pick, you know, as far as the spread being a 20 right now, betonline.ag, I pick Tennessee to cover that. I don't expect Tennessee to push to win the football game. I just, I have a hard time believing that Tennessee will get gashed that bad. Now, Emory Jones is talented, and what he's been doing has been incredible. The comeback Florida had against Alabama last week, a two-point conversion away from time that sucker uh, there in the last couple of minutes. I mean, that that was incredible. Um and so you got a lot of momentum coming in there. And I know Florida's going to be juiced up to play this football game because you don't want to let down after such an emotional game against Alabama that took a lot out of you. I still just don't know if this team with Emory Jones at quarterback is three touchdowns better. We'll find out, but I would take Tennessee to cover the 20, but obviously lose a football game. Yeah, I mean, every person listening to this knows that I'm going to take the Gators to cover that spread. That's just that's just how I have to do it. Like I, I typically bet like I, I bet with my mind usually, but at this point, I said it in yesterday's uh, prediction episode where I, I think that Florida's going to come out here and try to throw the ball and just. Like, I think our rushing attack is. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been very uh, sour on Florida's offensive line before the year, but they have done nothing but impress me so far. I think our rushing attack is going to be effective when we call upon it. But I feel like Florida is also going to be like, hey, like, like let's throw some bombs up here. Like, let, let's try to air it out and let's try to challenge them, especially because, like you mentioned it in the last segment, the defensive backs are going to have to step up, especially with our quarterbacks that can move. Yep. The defensive backs are going to be already at a bit of a disadvantage if you can't get a good press on. And I mean, this is a team that Florida's lived and died by the big play in the rushing attack, also, which is like weird to say. But watch the game. We, we have big runs, and then that's like a lot of our rushing offense is just from huge gains. And our passing attack is pretty similar. Last week against Alabama, obviously, it was different because that's Alabama. Like that, yeah, that is an NFL team. But against another college team, I think that Dan Mullen is going to say, we, we need to right the ship with this passing game. We need to get it going. And I think until it gets fixed – I think Florida is going to try to air it out. And I think Florida is going to try to turn this one into a shootout, in which case I don't think, I personally don't think Tennessee can keep up. So that is why I think they'll cover this spread. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee going up against Bowling Green and the uh, Tennessee Tech wasn't challenged. Tennessee against Kenny Pickett and Pitt was challenged. I mean, Kenny, Kenny Pickett's a good football player, dual threat. Uh, I think he threw for like 288 against Tennessee, a couple touchdowns, made some plays. So, I mean, he challenged Tennessee's secondary, don't get me wrong, but Tennessee's secondary, outside of a horrendous second quarter, came up with some big plays late in that ball game to give the football back to the offense to try to go down there uh, and tie that game up. So, the secondary has been challenged. It'll be challenged on Saturday against Emory Jones. Um, like Rodney Gardner, Tennessee's defensive line coach, said today, um, you know, in, in, in immediate availability, it's – you know, Tennessee's not facing anybody better at quarterback, anybody better at wide receiver, anybody better at the offensive line. It's SEC play, so it's all going to get up from here. Uh, the over-under, the total for the Tennessee-Florida matchup, is at 63, the juice at 110 on both over and under. Do you see this game being high-scoring over 63 or or under? Um, I'll, I'll pick the over mainly because, again, I 
think Florida. I could be totally wrong. I've been wrong before. I've I like coming out against Bama. I was like, hey, I I think we'll play ball control like, or clock control and take a few deep shots here and there. We didn't really challenge them vertically at all, which I think would have helped us a bit. But game plan ultimately worked for the most part. Besides the first quarter. Uh, but I, I think Florida is going to try to air it out. And I think Florida wants this to be a shootout. Um, I, I, again, I think Tennessee won't be able to keep up with us, but I no, think no. that Dan Mullen has shown he's not going to take his foot off the gas. We, we were up by like 22 in week one and Anthony Richardson's throwing bombs with 40 seconds left in the game. So Florida is not going to take their foot off the gas. I think they want to turn this game into a shootout. So I will take the over. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Tennessee will score some points um, enough to win. Probably not. But, you know, with the tempo, uh, Florida has not faced a tempo like you're going to see on Saturday against Tennessee. Uh, will not face a team that will do what Tennessee's doing. So it's going to be kind of a kind of a shock a little bit. But once Florida kind of gets its bearings under, and I think it'll I think it'll lock in some. But with the tempo, I think Tennessee will be able to find the end zone a couple of times. And so I like the over as well. You know, my official prediction on locked on balls will come on tomorrow's show. Uh, but I'm thinking somewhere here on a Thursday, somewhere around, you know, 40, 42, 28, 45, 28, somewhere around there, which would hit the over um, that 45, 28 would hit the over just uh, over 63 there to, uh, to, to get your winnings in there. The money line plus 790 for Tennessee, Ugh, not great. Minus <laughs> 1300 for Florida, obviously Florida overwhelming favorite in this football game. And you know, you're, you're not shocked to see it. I, yeah, I thought I think Georgia is the overwhelming favorite to win the East. I think Georgia is a good football team. We'll contend for a college football playoff spot. Uh, Florida showed me a lot on Saturday, and I think Florida showed a lot of people a lot on Saturday. Able to come back, uh, give up a combined ten points in the in the last three quarters of the game, falling behind twenty one to three, and and honestly with Emory Jones. Now, again, did he did he throw the football to get him back in that game? No, he did not. But uh, still, he got Florida back in that game, and it's so close to tying it late in a few minutes. So. Not surprised here to see the numbers heavily favoring Florida in pretty much all three phases. Yeah, I, I would never in my life bet on something that's plus fourteen hundred or minus fourteen hundred. I'm, not, I will never. That is a waste of money at that point. Nope. I'd rather put twice as much money on Tennessee on the money line and just be like, hey, if they get it, they get it, and then I'm making a ton of money. Like if I'm yep. gonna put fourteen hundred dollars to win one hundred, that's not happening at all. So. That's I like going against the spread, especially in this one, but also it's just always fun playing totals. You know, it's always so much fun because, I mean, who, you know, there's sometimes you need to bet the unders, but, you know, we're, I don't know about you, I'm an over guy. I like to see some fun, some fireworks. And so I think this game could have the potential uh, to hit that over. Uh, of course, both these teams, as you pointed out, you know, can't throw the football a lot of the time. So <laughs> it'll be interesting as well. It could go either way, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling the over here. Yeah, this is one of those games where it's either going to be, incredibly exciting and teams and they both try to air it out or it's going to be these so, like just smash mouth throughout. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they air it out. I want to see just a shootout, but I, I genuinely don't know which way it's going to go in terms of the game plan. Well, I can promise you this Tennessee will take shots down the field so far. Tennessee has not connected on those shots <laughs> down the field, but they will take shots down the field. So <laughs> It won't be a lack of, of a try. Dude, this has been fun, man. I know that uh, basketball season, obviously Tennessee plays Florida twice a year. Uh, we need to do this in basketball season again. Oh, we absolutely will. I'm going to cross over as much as possible, so I can't wait for it. 
Yeah, it'll be a whole lot of fun. But uh, all right, man. Well, hey, have a blast, dude. Congrats on all your success with Locked On Gators. And uh, obviously, I'm not going to say we're going to be rooting for the Gators because here at Tennessee, we never do. But we'll root for you in all your your future endeavors here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and like also, yo, congrats on your success, Locked On Gators. Just Locked On Ball is a fantastic show, so I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> any of that as if you're looking as if we're on the same level here. It's clearly very uh you're on you're on youtube i'm not i you yes. know this i gotta i gotta wow, shave this face and and you know get comb the hair before i'm on youtube i'm about <laughs> to big time you now after that one <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks eric and good luck to you and the balls although you're you're gonna lose i'll let you know that now <laughs> looking forward to the sunday conversation man cannot wait that about does it for today's episode of locked on gators join me tomorrow as it's time for the full game preview, keys to victory, all that fun stuff, it's almost game day again, and it's a beautiful thing. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can also find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Lockdown Balls. You just heard Eric Kane. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at, at underscore Kaner, and he does a great work covering a really not great program so be sure to check out lockdown balls eric's awesome betting on the gators doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new lockdown bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specialist wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the lockdown bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts